All right, welcome in to another episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Joining us today, big mentor of myself in the coaching world, state champion coach in the state of Minnesota, state runner-up another time, uh, head coach of the Mountain Lake Wolverines, the Mountain Lake Lakers, and uh, just one, truly one of the best people I've been able to spend time with in my life, and uh, Mr. Tim Kirk. TK, what's happening, brother? Not much. So way to way to build me up. I might have to send you a hundred dollar bill or something. But we'll take. No, it. No, thank you. Nice to be on your your podcast. I know through the months. I try to listen when I get time. We've had uh, my boys on it and Coach Bigner and a couple other ones. So it's kind of nice to be on here. And we're both me and you are both in the middle or the start of the high school season. And it's just it's getting crazy. I just I've been doing this. This is my twenty first year as head coach and. Um, I know we get a little longer weekend. We took a day off. We got a young team and stuff, and the boys just need a day off. So I had a day off today. Still scouting for the next game, but um, back into it. I know I'm winding down, but the blood's still flowing. It's good to see that you're down there having fun doing your thing because I even knew years ago, um, and you did a good job with your program and built that up down in Minnesota. But I knew some at some point you were going to go somewhere else and do great things, and it's good to see you down there. We miss you for sure, but – um, glad where you are where you're at and glad to be on the show. Yeah, I appreciate that, TK. Yeah. It's uh I uh, always think back to the first time I played the Wolves, had no idea who any of the Kirks were, or sitting in those uh district meetings with Coach Dallager when I was just an assistant or, and uh had no idea who you guys were, and then our, our paths cross and we become so close and just crazy how life works out but um i guess yeah the the one the the first memory i have of you guys is uh taking the jags up there as an assistant and it always sticks out in my brain because it's the last game my grandpa came to before he passed and the wolves put a whooping on the jags that night boy i uh i remember i mean i'm sure you can remember there was one, we had such a young team. You guys kicked off and it was a little short and the Jags just start walking off the field. Like it's a punt. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, get on the ball. I think you ran counter cutback first three plays scored on each of them. So no big deal, but uh, it's always been, it, it was fun to get to know you guys obviously. And, and we've became super close and um, just to see the success that you've had. I've, not always uh, envious isn't the right word, but I've always just thought it was so cool what you've built in Mountain Lake and the sustainability that you guys have had. And it doesn't matter who or where people are just always scared to play Mountain Lake. You know, that's a huge advantage. They know they got Mountain Lake coming to town. So I, I guess let's just start there. Cause today's about you. When, uh, when did you become the head coach at Mountain Lake? Uh, head coach in 2003, and the weird thing about that is the year before, uh, I was an assistant, and we went to the state finals way back then. We went to the Metrodome, and uh, and then the head coach uh, had left, and then I didn't even know if I was in the running at all, so I was asked by the athletic director, and I was kind of scared, <clears throat> obviously excited. I didn't know if I was ready. I know we had lost, uh, you know, we were 11 men then, and we lost, I think, six all area kids were on that team and I think a couple all state and they all graduated, but we had some guys coming back and the next year, my first year as head coach in 2003, we actually uh, uh, kept it pretty simple because I didn't know a whole lot. I mean, I knew a little bit of football, but kept it simple. And we had a horse uh, by the name of Mark DeYoung playing that year and he was a senior um, and we just used him all the way. And we actually, uh, went to state that year and lost in the first round of state, the team that actually eventually won it. So got, I don't know, a little lucky, but I kept it simple that year. Uh, we had some talent, but I think we just realized, uh, um, keep it simple. And that's what we did. And I wish I was more knowledgeable now or back then, like, like I am now, I think we maybe could have uh, potentially, uh, uh, won state that year. I kept things simple, but then as years passed, you know, four or five years later, we had a, little string of uh, not so much talent and kids were really struggling with like football IQ and knowledge. And I actually changed verbiage and wording and pass routes and changed things to make it simple. And uh, it seemed to work and that allowed us to get kids to go play and quit thinking. And um, 
they had a little tough streak there for them. We had some really good teams. There's some some of my best teams never even made it to state, uh, to be honest with you. But um, that all comes down to intangibles about playing for the team and not being an individual. And I've gone through all of it. And now, of course, this year is kind of weird because I have one senior on the team and uh, we're all in two and we played number one team in state, lost by three touchdowns. And the other night we lost in overtime. Um, and most of the team, I had hardly any seniors on the field. So it's tough to lose. But uh, we were on two last year and we're at one eight in a row. And I don't know if we have the um, DNA this year to do that, but we're kind of close. And I know our guys are pretty hungry, but it keeps you coaching because I don't get too caught up. Now, 10 years ago, if we were on two, I'd probably uh, be not feeling real good and depressed, but I'm we're just ready to roll because whatever we build this year, we go for next year. And that's the thing about coaching. I go from the first time I was head coach to now. You know, I still get a little stressed out, but there's very little stress in my pocket because, like you know, too, at a bigger school, I've got some really solid assistance, and that's part of, too, how we um, have built the program and made it uh, competitive. I know the last two weeks we've lost. The teams, when they won, they're just flying like they won the Super Bowl. I think that goes to show that we've done something, and hopefully we see them again. <laughs> yeah, so no that doubt. was my first year. And it's been a, been a run. Various things, some great athletes. You know, obviously, too, you gotta you gotta have a little luck. Um, just kind of quick story. Years ago, uh, first year we went nine man. Uh, Edgerton, really good team, beat us like fifty some to fourteen, I think, uh, towards late in the season. Well, we ended up going to state that year, but they were in a different section. And they end up losing to the eventual uh, CGB, the state champs. So a little luck. We got to state that year. If we'd have been in that other section, I highly doubt we would have made it. But And then some injuries, being injury-free for the most part, although we've had some injuries. But it takes a little luck. But when you get these guys bought in um, and they get on the field, they're going to give you everything they have, no matter the size and how talented they are. And obviously, you've seen our level of play down here. Mm-hmm. Compared to you have now. It's a different world. But if you can get the best out of a – Five foot ten, 165 pound kid that's kind of athletic, but he plays with all heart. He's going to play for you in nine man football down here. Absolutely. So been quite a run. Yeah, no, you have. Off the top of your head, how many times you've been to the state tournament as head coach? Five, six? Uh, six times and then one as an assist. So seven total, six as head coach. Yeah. And how many times you've been to the section championship? Um, well, we're on, we're on three the last three years. So it must be, uh, like nine or 10. Yeah. Nine. I think it's nine. Cause at one point when I was coaching uh years ago, I had never lost a section championship and now I've lost like three in a row. So I got to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're there. I mean, it's just crazy to see, like I said, the success. And I think you're also in one of those, not, I would say it's rare, I guess. Like, you know, a lot of people don't, I'm not sure a lot of people spend a ton of time in Mount Lake. Obviously I have, but like you have such great support systems in your small town. It truly does feel like, Oh, this is how football should be in rural America, right? Like they're all bought in on the wolves and now the Lakers, the amateur team. And, you know, you have a spot like the den and they, you know, they're just all in on, on you guys. And that's such a, that's such a cool thing. Cause you just, don't see it. You know, I didn't have anything like that at jet Gek T and, you know, just to go over 30 miles, whatever it is and be in a totally different football world was just insane. <clears throat> what do you think the difference is? I mean, you probably don't even know, but what do you think the difference has been on, on community support in your area and why it's, it's treated the wolves so good. Well, it's crazy because I know they've always been pretty supportive. And we had a few years where we were uh, we weren't going to beat any good teams. And those were kind of the few down years. And we've done well. So even when we weren't doing so well, we had support. But I'm not going to lie. Winning takes care of a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. even regardless with our other sports programs, boys or girls, we have really good support. I think with football, the big thing is, um, well, first and foremost, I actually played for Mount Lake in high school. So that doesn't hurt. Just some you know, background with some roots through some people that I know that are still in town, but um, just being fair and, you know, having your kids and I tell all my football players, I go the first day or two of football. Now that you play for me, I'm your dad Mm -hmm. and misbehave uh, downtown. 
or do something, I'll probably kick you off. And the fear, I think I put the fear of God in most of them and they have to behave. They have to do all those things because the town of Mountain Lake, 2000 people, you know how it is. Kid does one thing and they know he's a football player that plays for me. It comes back to me and that puts that blemish. So I make it pretty clear. I have uh, this year, we only have 20 some kids in football. That's the lowest number ever, but um, I've got five or six for sure that probably could help us or play that just, they don't want to behave and they don't want to, uh, get the grades and they don't want to um, make practice on time and mornings and all that stuff. So um, they just don't come out. And that's fine. I love the kids that decide not to do that, but I want this program to be respectful. And when you do that, um, it spreads. And also you have brothers that play their older brothers played for me. And we're like, yeah, don't mess around with coach Kirk ain't going to mess around and get caught drinking. It's not two weeks. He's going to kick you off the team. And uh, we've been very knock on wood, very fortunate for many years. We've had a couple in like 10, 12 years, but um, and then that spreads the community. And then, of course, you know, as coaches, and you've been with us up to the mm -hmm. den, uh, Travis and Jamie, um, they take care of us. They have a table after every game, whether it's home or away, that's reserved for us and supply us with a, a few free pitchers of beer. And then uh, they'll stay late to keep the, um, the oven open to make the real pizza and all that stuff. And um, it's just pretty cool. And then they support us. Uh, you know, even like financially, if we need something, we've got some people that'll help out. And I'll last or a couple of years ago, we took a charter bus and we needed an extra like 600 or 800. I can't remember. And it was crazy. I just made about four calls. And I think within an hour, I had the cash in hand. And um, We got people that help us pay for team meals and all the parents make some team meals. And um, but, but you got to be careful, too, because, um, you know, some of the kids act like it's supposed to be given to them. And right. you still have to work for it. And you have to earn that respect from the community. And parents are very, I, again, I've been very lucky. And I was athletic director for many years. And I retired from that because I'm probably going to retire fairly soon from everything else. But, um, you know, parents, I, I'm sure there's been some, there's always complaints, I'm sure, under breath. But I have had, I would say, in the 10, 12 years that I was AD, um, just a few complaints here and there. And, um a lot of parents know that we just want to keep things in house. Obviously, if there's something serious, a parent will complain. But I don't get, luckily, and knock on wood again, uh, I don't get to why is my kid not playing. I don't get uh, you should do this, you should do that. So it's probably because it's you know established. And I've had a lot of great assistants under me, especially like Nate Brinkman's been with me for except for a few years the whole way. And then we got Isaac Kildebrett and now Kipper Spencer Kipper's helping out. Jordan Kirk, my son, doing junior high. Dylan Hillishheim who uh, you know, a few couple of those guys actually play on the Lakers too. So mm -hmm. um, great coaching staff. And, and I always tell those guys, cause I, they're men and I'm not going to tell them how to run their lives, but, you know, try to be a, uh, uh, picture resemblance of our program. And we're not, you know, the big time football, but, uh, like people that live here, like you said, have come here and moved here and don't understand. They're like, why is football like pretty popular and important? I'm like, it's about how you build it and how you treat your kids. Cause um, you know, I treat my kids very fair. In fact, the other day I might've yelled at a couple that I usually don't yell at and it's far too nice. You know, there's different ways to handle kids. And if you can find that balance, and that's kind of what spreads throughout the community. And it's kind of funny because we've lost, we're on two and we were on two last year, but it's also scheduling two tough teams. But like I said, we're young, but, uh, we saw, we went and scouted last night and I met another AD I've known for years. He's like, what's going on with you guys? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> And he's like, what's going on with Mountain Lake? And I'm like, uh, well, we're going to be fine, but I don't know how good we'll be this year, but uh, we'll play you down the road. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things people are like, why are they losing? Right. It's not like we're state champs every year. We just, It's just the are usually pretty competitive. And we'll be fine if we stay healthy. But um, it's the first time, like, at one point, uh, I think we went almost a quarter of a game with not a single senior on the field. And that's tough. That is and, tough. Uh, that's tough. And, um, and I'm not thinking about next year, obviously kind of do, but I'm like, guys, you are, you could be pretty good, but it's, it's really weird. I've never had this. I've always had anywhere from six to 12 seniors. And, um, but you know, you got to fight through that too. Winning's easy. Winning's easy. Now finding kids this uh, Monday when we go back to practice, you know, how are they going to respond? How much huddle time are they putting in watching video? Um, have they been in the weight room? Have they, we got a condition. So we got six, seven, eight guys going both ways, never coming off the field. And, you know, are they going to do it? I can only say so much. So 
winning's easy to be honest with you, but losing sucks. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) No, I mean, a couple things. Have you, have you had, so you've been head coach 20 years. Has there been anybody that you've coached that you've coached their kid yet? Or are you getting close to that? Uh, about a year, two years away. That's kind of okay. crazy. Isn't that yeah. wild to think about? Yeah, yeah, that is real crazy. I'm just sitting there and there's a few of them down in the sixth grade. Sixth grade, I think there's one seventh. Um, but yeah, it's getting to that point. And that's probably, honestly, when they come up, probably when I'm really serious to probably be able to retire. So, um, but that'll be kind of cool. And again, those same kids, um, a lot of them in the elementary that I had their uh, parents, they will uh, talk about, yeah, I can't wait to play for you. And their dad right. played for me. That says right. something. Oh, yeah. And you're like, Whoa. I'm like, I don't know if I was real nice to your dad because he sucked. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but deep in your head, you're like, oh, great. He was a troublemaker. You're coming. Okay. Well, at least you respect the program and me. <laughs> right. No doubt. Uh, you said how you don't uh, have any like parent complaints or, um, you know, anybody complaining about uh, playing time much. And I will say that year I got the head coaching job that summer before we spent a ton of time together. Cause we were, you know, you weren't really going to coach the hogs and then you just kind of fell in love with it. And then you were just there all the time and then we were doing it and it was a blast, but you know, I remember just kind of picking your brain on some stuff. And one thing you told me, and I said it at the parents' meeting, I said it at the parents' meeting every year, and it, it you're right, it took care of it so good, is that you tell them, hey, if you have a problem with your son's playing time, you have to come to practice on Tuesday or Wednesday. And you have to be there the whole practice. And you said, first off, nobody will ever show up, which is true. Nobody ever did. And you said, but be ready if they do. Then you just put them in in drills and show them that they're not going to succeed. And if somehow the kid pulls it out of their ass, then you got to eat crow. But I lived and died on that one, and that sure took away from. I mean, I I said that in the parents' meeting. I said, you know, if you're upset about playing time, you have to come and spend a full practice on Tuesday or Wednesday with us and watch your son play, and then we'll talk about it. You know, you know how our numbers were at Gek. It was, it's like how you're doing this year, but it was that every year. And it was like, okay, well, you don't think I'm not playing the best guys? Like, I want to win more than anything here, too. So I do appreciate that piece of advice for sure. That was, uh, and I got that from some college coach at some clinic. You know how we always go to the clinics. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, I had a few years ago. And I did it, but you also have to remember, you have to have drills where the kid's not very good at. Right. Because <laughs> you might have that super fast athletic kid and his parent does show up and you're running sprints and routes and just basic stuff. No, you got to find like stock blocking and all the drills and have them ready because a couple of times I've had that happen. <clears throat> I'm like, all right, if that parent shows up, I've got all the drills that make this kid look like a third stringer on a small town. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's weird. It it cured a ton, and to this day, nobody showed up. I think one time, actually, this was years ago. I think the dad actually rolled into the parking lot by the practice field. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm ready, mm-hmm. and then he drove away. And it was like five minutes, so I don't remember why he came and left. But that was, and he never called me again. It was funny. It was just weird, but you know, it works. But you also want to be open. I mean, I especially in this town and. Uh, the way we've established a program, I, if a parent does call, um, you got to listen and have compassion because it's their baby. Um, and I'm just going to be honest, nine times out of 10, they're, they're not seeing reality. Oh, hundred percent. But you might get that one kid, that, uh, um, you know, you just got to do stuff and you talk to the parent, maybe that kid gets a little chance on special teams and maybe now his heart's more into it, but you got to, you got to be careful. You know how it is. You look, you listen to them and you're on the phone or something. And you just want to say, just shut up. Oh but, yeah. You know, and you got to listen to them because uh, you don't want them going around town and spreading the cancer because uh, we're still in a small town. I deal with it. I hear with other sports and being an athletic director, man, that cancer spreads. And now it's out of one parent, it's five sets of parents. And then it's right. six and seven. And then you got people questioning the school, the AD, the coaches, the program. And, uh, you know, you got to be careful too with that too. But uh, that is funny because I remember the 
I can't remember who told this is years ago, that whole situation. I, I stuck with it. Hopefully I don't have to use it anymore, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good one. I will say too, you know, you talked about, you got six guys going both ways and uh, this year at Willow, we got a couple um, really probably three, four at most. And it's not like our O line has got to like play spot time on the D line and, it's been such a thing in, you know, I just lost it on them on Tuesday and I've been pretty mild mannered, you know, like save my yelling. And I was like, that's how football's played. Like, you know, I just even remember when I was playing at Fairmont, like if you weren't going both ways, if you were just a one way guy, you were almost considered like, you're not even that good, you know? And now Fairmont doesn't have anybody go both ways. They've built their program. And obviously like that's the dream scenario for a coach, but it's just you don't think twice about it when you're in a small town. I think you're like, ah, oh, we obviously you'd like to have less, but I mean, you want your best players on the field at all times, and you just okay, here we go. But it was so crazy to some of them were just like when we got into the season and started figuring out who our dudes were. It's kind of like, you know, a couple of them, both our safeties, they come over and play running back, but they're dudes like they're they're dudes. And, um, you know, then we talked about having to rotate the line. And then there was just some of like, oh, my gosh, what what are we asking here? And just boiled up. And I was like, you guys got no idea how good you got it. Like we got a 70 inch TV on the sideline to come over and watch film in between drives. Like you have no idea how good you got it. So it's just crazy to see how, you know, I feel very fortunate that I've been where I've been and where I'm at and just to see the difference. But it's also crazy then to see the difference of where I was at and where you were at. You know what I mean? Like the difference in the same section from Grenada Truman to Mountain Lake is night and day. It's a crazy. And I think one of it is you guys are still one of the only, especially a nine man true one community teams. And I think that shows big time. Right. And it's, uh, um, and actually as of right now, I think, uh, we have the Christian school. It's small. I think right now, I don't think, uh, um, there might be a seventh grade. We don't have any, any kids right now from the Christian school. And you think about years ago, this, uh, a lot of people know that the States brothers were quarterbacks for mm-hmm. six years. They were, they were elite and they went to the Christian school. And then we got a couple other kids that have started. So um, I'm not sure what's going on over there. It'd be nice to get a few guys. And of course our population right now, it's at about 50, 49 to 50% of our population is law and Spanish. <clears throat> and I got a few of them um, coming out. And then of course I'm kind of excited. I'm like, well, I don't know if they're ready this year, but they're going to play. And then they don't show up for the game the other day. And it's like a, it's just hard. It's a cultural thing. You know, if they can't make it or they have to, it's just, it's tough pickings, but we're going to still keep getting the kids we can and get them out and coach them up. And, and we believe if we get another eight to 10 kids out, especially like for next year, uh, finding some depth, we're going to coach you up. But some kids, it's hard for them to buy in. Um, even in small town, mountain lake football is, uh, you have to work. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to do all the things like I mentioned earlier. And kids just don't want to deal with it. So that's good. I'll just, uh, not do anything in the fall. And then I encourage them actually to do cross country. And then that's way too much work because I ain't going to run. <laughs> right. But uh, it's, yeah, I try to promote all sports here in a small town and um, we'll get a couple here and there, but a lot of kids just don't want to do it. I keep going, you know, when you get out in the real world, if that's your attitude, you know, don't you want a better life for yourself? Don't you want to, money's not everything, but don't you want to make a little more money? Cause if you go to college, you might do that. And, some respond and some just looking like I'm nuts. And that's yeah. a little bit of um, generational thing too, or cultural or whatever it's called, but you know, you do what you can, but it's kind of nice being a small school. Cause like every day we start school Tuesday and um, you know, except for some new kids and some kids I haven't had in a year or two, I'll pretty much know the names of all the kids. And that's a connection. Right. I couldn't imagine going to a, uh, I don't know, some school in Minneapolis that's got four or 500 per grade or whatever. It's yeah. just, that's, and those are good schools too, but it's just it, Mount Lake and small towns. There's something to, and that's why I'm still here. Cause I went to school here, got offered an uh, interview years ago cause they were de- desperate. And I was uh, um, actually unemployed at that time. And 
um, I came in here. I didn't know if I wanted to be back here. And now 25, 25 years later, I'm still here. It's kind of crazy. That is. Right. No, it is nuts. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was coaching, coaching the Jags, you know, I tried to walk the halls as much as I could and find guys that weren't playing football. And I'm like, well, why aren't you out? You know what I mean? Like, why aren't you out for sports? And for it took me a long time to get them Heckman brothers who were the big, tall basketball kids. And then finally we got them to come out. Right. And they played forever and they were, they were good football players. Imagine that. But then to be down at Willow now on Thursday more, we have our Thursday practice in the mornings at 6 a.m. And then school starts at 7.30 or 7.45 or something. And our for all of our varsity players have first period football class with our head coach. So they go and lift or like on Thursday mornings, then we go inside and we do like D like the award decals, they get their jerseys for the next day, that kind of stuff. But the first day before the first game, when I was on campus there in the morning, you know, we graduate, I think nine through 12, it's like 2,500 kids. So you're looking at six, 700 kids a class and to see all these <clears throat> human beings that are walking by me that don't play sports. I'm, I just, couldn't believe it or even just like our basketball guys that are basketball only. And it's just like, you would help, you know what I mean? Like, and then you just always have that mindset of being in a small school and it's like, why don't you play football? Why don't you play, you know, but then at the same time, I don't know what these kids play. There is so many things at a school like Willow, like we have a freaking badminton team, TK. Like we have a, a badminton, they play pickleball. We got obviously swim and dive. Golf is in the fall. Um, soccer's in the spring. Like we, I mean, any sport you can think of. We have men's volleyball. Obviously, we have the esports team. But it's just like it's so crazy to just see all these kids. And it's like, why? Why aren't you playing football? But you're right. There's so many kids that don't want to do anything. They just, they just don't care. It's insane. And it's not just in a small town. It's everywhere. And it's wild to me. Right. Well, even like I've got a handful of kids that uh, if I can get them to play football um, and we'd coach them up for a couple of weeks, I feel we'd be a top 10 team in the state for sure. But uh, unfortunately what's coming and you've seen it or heard of it is specialization and some of these. Oh yeah. We got a few kids that um, think they're going to be like college basketball players. Or I did. I was head coach for baseball last spring, and may or may not be doing it this spring. But uh, it's fun. It's just that uh, um, you're inside forever practicing. But there's some kids that think they're going to be college baseball players, and they're below average at Mount Lake. And you're right. And you're and you're trying to explain. Um, and I usually what I do is kids that think they're going to be college basketball players. And it's crazy because we'll have ninth and 10th grade boys that think they're going to play college basketball. And they're not even stepping out of court for varsity mountain lake. Right. And kind of nice to have my son. And he was a little different Carter. Like he started as a freshman was all conference as a freshman. You're barely playing B squad. And you right. think you're going to play college. And then you try to tell them. And I always pull out, um, basketball coach has the top 20 all-time leading scores in basketball and 19 of the 20 all played football and you're like just you don't have to hit people if you just want to catch passes or play d-back we can work with you nah i'm gonna focus on whether it be basketball or baseball and just lift and stuff and of course three four five six months later you look at their body and you're like you haven't lifted a lick right shot four thousand shots good for you but so that's tough too and that's starting to spread out through the small schools now I think and that's tough too because my kids are part of especially Carter you know you got AU basketball and uh, I think AU basketball has kind of gotten uh, depleted where you get a lot of kids playing it that couldn't even play at the worst Juco down the road but they're paying the money and it's a sport and they want to be active and they're exercising but uh, a lot of kids are getting a false impression as to what um you know, they're, they're they're thinking, well, maybe I can play college basketball because I'm an AU team. Well, that's that's not the case anymore. But years ago, you played AU basketball, you probably fairly elite. Well, now it's so many teams, so many leagues, and and that's not just basketball; it's other sports too. I'm just using that as an example. So, 
Right. But you do what you can. Absolutely. Has seven on seven leagues caught on back home over the last couple of years? Do you see a bunch of that? Do you have your guys going and play on like random teams and no, no. I uh we did seven on seven a couple years. It's still around, but I know a few years ago a nine man coach uh oh where was it from anyways um wanted to try to get some teams and I was just like, nah. So it's not I think bigger schools it's still popular, but a smaller schools it would it's just like yeah, I get it. But then all of a sudden you go, I know we did it in St. James years ago. So, um, you know, we had it was fairly even competition, but uh, I just sat there and I go, I just like to keep all my stuff in house. I, if kids want to go play some more great, but we, uh, we don't ever go to team camps. I feel, and that's fine if kids do and people say we should, but I like keep stuff in house, our system, our stuff. Right. Don't hurt their minds. And I don't promote, Team camps. I have my own little camp. I got a lot of kids that go to individual one day camps, which is cool. Yeah. Um, had a few guys, and uh, right now there are top players. Uh, uh, a few of the guys go to NDSU three day camp, and uh, that was nice because they come back and bring me a couple drills or something. And uh, and those kids are pretty. I think by the time they graduate, they might get a look at by some smaller schools. But uh, um, you know, I kind of keep it in house and. Kids want to go, go, but I'm not. I used to always promote it and have all flyers. That's before the internet. I'm getting old. But, you know, 18, 20 years ago, I'd get all the flyers off the internet or have them send it to me and I'd hand it out. And it got to the point like a lot of kids too just can't afford it, honestly. We're not all oh, yeah. healthy. But, uh, but seven on seven, I'm sure it helps the bigger schools, but uh, um, we just haven't done that in years. And, what we do is we actually do our own thing on Sunday nights in the summer. And I think the same rules in effect when you were here, I think you get 10 contact days. So we have Sunday nights and do our own little kind of seven on seven. Yeah. And just yeah. kind of work on some basic stuff. Yeah. I hate it. We do so much seven on sevens in the summer. It's, I don't like, I mean, it's not real football. I hate being at the three yard line and having to pass four times right. it's just like okay yeah that's what we would do and then everybody gets all bent out of shape but we did so much and i get it i mean it's just different also here but every tuesday night every thursday night for sure there was some saturdays and then in a weekend stretch we played this big tournament at a high school here on monday we went to the university of arizona which was cool go down there, you get to use their facilities, you make it to the championship rounds, you're playing on their field, that's cool. You know, use the indoor facilities, get to see all that stuff, it's cool. And then the, that Thursday, we are at ASU, there's one at NAU, I'm glad we didn't go up to flag as well, it just gets to be a lot for the kids in the summertime, but there's no schedule, that's the difference here, biggest difference for me here, is there's no scheduled contact days. So we I mean, we could have as many practices as we want. And next year, the AIA, which is the Arizona-Minnesota State High School League's equivalent, um, they approved us to have padded spring ball. So we had our 16 practices over, you know, what, 17 days last year or something. But we could go, we could work our way into full pads in that next year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and you wonder, obviously – you were around when the state high school league put in all these rules and it was kind of confusing at first. And obviously we do a good job where you can't put pads on for a certain day. Then you can have only half hour of cut and you follow it the best you can, but you're like, you know, we're not going to put kids in harm's way. Correct. The coach. Then you also wonder like, no, with what you're doing. And of course that's a different level. And I'm used to our kids going to get burnt out and physically, but who knows? I, if I had all the answers, me and you wouldn't be sitting here. We'd be somewhere else in the Caribbean uh, drinking Mai Tais and pina coladas and whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we, we were on a cruise a few weeks ago for a week. I actually missed the whole first week of football. Oh, really? Uh, we went to zero week, and we already had planned a cruise, and the only way to get out of it probably cost me about you know, six, seven grand. And, um, it was tough, but I have great assistance, but still right now I'm looking back and I'm like the overtime loss the other day, would I have made a difference the first week of football? I might've, because we just did some things offensive line wise where we came up field instead of getting flat angle, you know, just things like, of course I overthink things and I yeah. get over it now, but I'm like, 
Yeah, so kind of, that kind of bites me. But week of uh, being on a cruise and on beaches for four days kind of soothed my soul. Doesn't sound doesn't sound terrible. Looked like a good time. Way um, <clears throat> it is. That's right. So I guess I mean we got we can't do this podcast if we're flying by. I hate that time flies. Um, but man, it's just good to talk to you, TK. But um, what? What's I mean, we really got close over our love of football because of amateur football. Um, we we obviously coached together on the hogs and and had great time there and built some fun teams. And then well, it was actually the year COVID started. <clears throat> the hogs were dying, and you brought up you you brought the team to Mountain Lake. And I remember, you know, having some of those meetings with you. And I think that's that was the worst part about me moving is I never got to see it come to fruition right like all the work you guys did there but you're rolling now what's it been like to have and i think you know obviously we know it ties into the community success because you're the mountain lake lakers and that was the old mascot and people love that and obviously that's what your amateur baseball team is and it just it just flows so well but what's it been like to really be coaching football and having a product in mountain lake year round now have is the community support as there for the summertime as it is in the fall it is obviously the the first year people didn't even know what was going on right uh, then you try to promote it but i didn't go over the top because i kind of like to stay under the radar myself I've kind of been that way and well now that we've had success and now we got people uh um starting to come to games where we actually maybe might make some money for attendance. And I believe this year, I think between uh, uh, all of my former Mount Lake players in high school and a couple of the coaches, I think we had 17 Mountain Lake people on the Lakers team. Wow. And honestly, I, right now I have like high school kids like, yeah, if I can't go play in college, I'm going to play for the Lakers. And honestly, that, what happened last year, I had a bunch of seniors last year, put in a lot of time. And then uh, they were decent little football players in high school, but now a few of them are playing Lakers and they're playing at the highest level they ever have. So it's hard. Now, some don't start. They buy into what I'm doing. And this is kind of honestly, uh, we even made a joke about it uh, uh, a few weeks ago about, you know, last chance you has their thing. If they do something about amateur football and, um, kids don't even think about going to play college. They just want to go play amateur football. And you know how it is. You go to games and sometimes there's 30 people, fans there. Right. Maybe had a good day. And we've had a couple nice crowds the last couple of times. And um, the community likes it. They try to, you know, it's, it's tough because it's Saturday because that's camping is a big thing down here. Right. Or whatever in the summer. And so a lot of people go camping. But um, and then if we put it, we've had a couple, uh, you know, live streams and, People watch it up at the bar in town. They had the SPFL championship game on and people were up there. Not a lot, but some. And so they're buying this next year is a big year, especially like we're probably going to have to raise some money because we're playing obviously in the U.S. Bank in a few weeks for the national championship. And people are like, what is this? And there's people like wanting to maybe buy tickets. They're thinking about going. And there's still some people. How long have you been doing this Lakers thing? So it's kind <laughs> yeah. of funny. This is our third full year. And, um, yeah, it's it's been pretty cool, and I know when we won the SPFL a month or so ago, whatever it was, uh, we brought the trophy up to the den. Well, first of all, the den owner calls us, and we're getting home about midnight from Albert Lee, and he goes, "You want me to start up the stoves and get you some pizza and get some beer?" And we're like, "You don't have to." He goes, "No, I want to." And the two owners actually sat with us up at the bar. I think about fifteen, eighteen of us showed up. And we gave them our trophy from this year that they have up at the den, the bar in Mountain Lake. And they stayed up and they kept the bar open just for us till like two in the morning. That's cool. And I'm, I'm like, we need to go. You need to go home. And they're like, nope, stay longer if you want. We're like, well, then we went to our house. And that was interesting. We had probably about a dozen of us. And we went out in the backyard of the Kirks, had a fire, and uh, we saw the sun come up, a few of us. Yeah. Like me, and Garrett, me and Garrett Mensing might have been talking a different language at about language at about five thirty in the morning because I'm not sure you understood what I said, and I'm not sure. Yeah, but it was uh, memorable, and to do it again, and I think a lot of guys are 
a lot of them still want to come back next year. I know a lot of them said, if we win it this year, I'm retiring. And now a bunch of them are like, I think I'm going to play again. So um, it is cool because you know how it is. We get down with high school football. Um, yeah. You're thinking amateur. And, of course, we, we practice one time a year now with Lakers. I know with Hogs, we'd practice four, five, six times, and you get 10 guys, 12 guys. Um, and I said, we're going to practice once. Here's two, three dates. And this past year, we did it at the Mankato State Bubble. It was kind of spendy, but we had a little money, and we had thirty some guys show up for practice. And I went, Huge. I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know if we had what it would take to win again this year. Well, and all of a sudden, we pick up uh, obviously the Stammer kid uh, receiver, you know who he is, and then a few other guys. Wyndham's head coach Adam uh, played D line in college. And ended up after the first practice, I said, I know you're a D lineman in college. I said, watching you blocking tight end, and we got some guards. I'm like, you're gonna have to play tight end. Not going to throw the ball to you, but you're playing tight ends. I like two tight end sets, and he bought in. Fortunately, he got hurt the lot, rolled his ankle pretty bad in the first round of the playoffs. But then you add in a few other guys, Mikey Dyer, and a whole bunch. I'm just, there's tons of names out there, and, and obviously you get uh, Porter comes back for the playoffs and plays quarterback, and um, we just rolled through people. It was fun. You, you, yeah. if you would have been at the uh, Freezing Crusader game, you would probably one of the biggest highs you've ever had because we just rolled through them. And of course, at the end of the game, we went by 30 or 40 and they're complaining about refs and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. It, it was uh, last winning it last year was pretty cool. I didn't think we'd have what it would take, but, and then this year just uh, um, lost the freeze in overtime at their place during the year. And they had all of their guys there. And we're missing three, four starters on D. And we lost some overtime. And again, they're celebrating after they won, jumping up and down, doing the old waving at us. And somebody, I think Dylan Hillshine even said, Kirk, you remember when you yelled at them after the game? I said, I did. He, you said, wait till later, wait till playoffs. So here's TK saying his little, wait till playoffs. Yeah. We got a revenge. And, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll keep it going. We'll have a little more support next year. But amateur football, the nice thing, the reason I stuck with it and the reason I started coming to your Hogs games years ago when my son was playing for you was I didn't realize it was nine man. Right. All of a sudden, somebody goes, it's nine man. I'm like, well, I can become a better coach by doing amateur. And you know how it is. I am, I become such a better coach since I've done amateur because you know how it is. You get your little game plan the morning of or the night before, I always have a game plan the best you can. Right. There's no film exchange for anybody. Listening. You have no idea. So then you have your, you know, 20 guys or back then sometimes 16 guys that would show up. And all of a sudden you get there and you want to practice an hour before the or hour and a half before the game. And three of your starters aren't there on offense. Yeah. And you're scrambling and then you try to figure out base plays. So you throw out these plays and you put these plays in you just try to roll with it. So high school is a little easier. You kind of know who you have. And uh, But this year has been pretty cool. It was weird. We, you know, I said, be there. I'd say the game started at four. I'd say, you know, be there at whatever, two. And then, uh, you know, guys, of course, are coming at 2.30. But we'd get some time in. And for the most part, um, unless guys were working, everybody was accountable. They even were texts and um, telling me, hey, I can't make it until this time because I got to work or I got to bring my daughter to whatever. And, it was pretty cool because I actually felt like I was organized <laughs> yeah. for amateur football because you know how it is. And then mm. fun thing about amateur too is, um, and I do have a couple guys that kind of help. I run the whole show. I go defense, offense, special teams, and you're just rolling. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so locked in and focused and um, the blood still flows. And I remember the last championship game, uh, SPFL, uh, I called, I never call this shit, but I called the reverse and we screwed it up and got hit and they did a scoop and score to go up six rip. And I was like, what am I doing? I never do that stuff unless we're ahead by a couple of touchdowns. And, but then we started rolling and just the atmosphere. And um, you may or may not have heard a story, a former quarterback for the hogs, uh, first name, Greg played yeah. for the crew. And he was the receiver, which that's probably his best spot, but he got tackled and, one of our uh, players, his last name's Harder, and it's not Derek, which the other one, <clears throat> made a little comment, and Greg went off the wall and got thrown out of the game. So there was the old hog kind of lost to the new Laker. and um, Little words exchanged, but I think what I've told my guys the last few years with Lakers is <clears throat> we, I think we have two on sportsmen's, like the 
the whole year, I think we had two 15-yard penalties. And it's pretty common for the team we're playing to have two or three a game. So we did it the right way. Right. And even grown, grown men and adults, and I can't tell them what to do, but I am in control of the team. And they know um, this is how it is in TK's way or highway because uh, I love winning and I can still win with other guys potentially. But if you're going to be an idiot, and that's why there's, and you know, some of them, I'm not going to name names. There's a handful of guys that could play for the Lakers and be great players, but they're not going to ever play for me. Right. Just because of attitude and, they can bring two or three other guys down and uh, guys still kind of complain the last couple of years about playing 10, but when you have 30 some guys on the sideline for amateur, it's, it's, it's tough. It's unheard of. I turn around this past couple of years, especially uh, uh, even some road games and we have 30 some and I'm turning going, I got six, seven guys I can put in right now. Right. And it's, uh, but it's fun. Makes you a better coach. And it's kind of keeps football in your blood almost year round. Yeah, there's no doubt it makes you a better coach. I know I know people have they'll say what they want to say and we yes, have we had some nights where we absolutely kicked the shit out of some teams cuz we were 10 times better than them? You bet your sweet ass we had. But uh for me being able to coach some of the athletes we were able to coach, especially, you know, ones coming from very different cultures than us. Right. Like some of those guys, like, uh, you know, I, uh, Henry or, or Kenny, you know, some of those guys being able to coach them has helped me now. And it's like, okay, I understand, uh, you know, they want to talk shit, but I understand how to stop it now. You know what I mean? It's, it helped me so much. And I, I would, ne- I miss some of those Saturdays. I wish it would have worked out to come back last year and we're going to, it's on the list. I'm going to plan going home around a Lakers game because I miss amateur football so much. And I mean, it's not even, I think like anytime you're not around the game you love for whatever reason, everybody talks about like, it's not the game, but some of those van rides TK we had in your old van or the Durango. I mean, those were a blast. And then, you know, I'll never forget that when we went down to, uh, Blairsburg, Iowa, and we pulled up and we're like, well, I don't even remember what we were asking the guy. We're like, hey, you guys got a full team? He's like, we got a locker room for you. And he just kept telling us, like, I got a locker room for you. We're like, yeah, we got it. Uh, what and time we, are we? Yeah, about two or three times of you asking, and I said something about, boy, it sure is raining out because it was raining. Yeah. Go, we got a locker room for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do we uh, bring our stuff down? We got a locker room for you. Oh, it just you had to leave for a little bit and go to the gas station. Yeah, it was so. I mean, those things will never, you know, they'll always stick with me. And obviously, that time we went over to Winona, I've never, I don't think I've ever lost my mind like that. But we played those guys in Truman, and he's like, Who's your head coach? And I pointed at TK and he goes over to you. He's like, we'll be better when we, we got all these guys and we'll be better. I'm sorry. This isn't what we're trying to be. And then we literally went over there and we were up 60 to nothing at halftime. And the guy didn't want to call the game. And that's when I lost my mind. I turned to our team and I said, we're fucking scoring a hundred. And oh, the refs shut it down. You come across the field and it's rained the whole game. Didn't it? it was, oh, I've never seen rain like that. Rain down our ass, down our nuts, and everything else. And I'm like, well, this game's over. And we come, we're going to score 100. And I'm like, well, we can, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we want to do this, but uh, I want to go home. <laughs> that was, oh, that was, it was something. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reason, uh, well, now I'm kind of locked in with it, but uh, I still want to do it, obviously, for a few more years. My goal was to start the Lakers, which is to bring in Mount Lake High School kids get a handful of athletes. I didn't realize it blossomed into this quick. And I said, I want to win another SPFL um, championship in Mountain Lake. And now we have two. And then obviously in a few weeks, we get to go to us bank, play a team out of Illinois that has lost in five years. And I think our guys are getting pretty amped. I know we're going to be short a few, but whatever happens, happens just to get that. All these kids and their experience are talking about, I can't wait to go to the bank. And I'm like, well, Oh, that's right. Cause I've actually been lucky enough to coach there like a right. couple of right. four times in high school. This is my seventh time uh, on the U.S. Bank. But I remember that first game with the Hogs at U.S. Bank. I just kind of remember standing going, oh, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So now to have the players to get that uh, experience is pretty cool, too. And, 
just the memories. I mean, my chain gang usually is high school kids for amateur team and language and uh, things they hear. They just laugh and they talk yeah. about it to this day, whether they're chain gang early this year or last year and some of the stuff they're exposed to and they love it. And they know they don't act like that, but um, I can't remember. It was, well, the, 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 we had a couple boys that played Holmberg, Michael Holmberg's brothers. They both moved away this past year, which sucks because they're playing up north for Black Duck. They moved probably two starters I could have. But anyways, the one, he goes, he turns and he goes, does the other team always swear? And I'm like, they're not supposed to. And he's just laughing and loving it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'd rather not hear him. Of course, the referees are supposed to put a handle on it. And, um, and it's kind of funny because we've played some teams over the years that we were a good team in amateur or um, were maybe not as good. And also in the first quarter, you hear the other team arguing, complaining with the refs. And I'm just like deep down, I'm like, we got them. Yep. We got them. Do we stuff. Yeah, we broke them. And we honestly, we broke a lot of people. And hopefully we can continue to do that because it shows that you play with class, you play hard, you play football. For each other, and you play football, right? Yeah, I. Oh, there's just there's so so many good memories. It's a grown man's game. I mean, that's the thing that people understand. These are nine. I mean, they're all adults, right? Like it's it's amateur football. Everybody's at least out of high school. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I can remember back to that U.S. Bank game. I mean, started terribly. And then obviously we had them and then <laughs> ended terribly, but it is a good, I mean, it's a cool thing and it provides a lot of good experiences for a lot of people and has built some, some good bonds and it's just a, it's an absolute blast, but it does bring out a different side of you because you, you're not the same guy that you are when you're coaching high school football. Cause right. I mean, I mean how old's John Miller and he's, I mean, he didn't play this year, did he? No, he's uh, would have been fifty-eight or nine this year, and um, you know, he, a couple of years ago he even played a little bit. Obviously, you don't want him out there at this point, but he'd go on special or extra points, and um, if he'd lock you up, he had you. I don't yeah. care if you're a two-two defensive tackle. If he got a hold of you, hold of you, he'd probably lock you up. But um, yeah, and he was going to maybe try it this year, but he's. He'd always text and stuff and congratulate us. And that's one of those guys that I'll never forget is he got hurt last year, two years ago. And I was just getting mad because we weren't executing. And I had a lot of my mall, like high school kids that are playing Lakers, not running our basic high school plays in amateur directly. And I was right. getting, we went three and out, not pulling the right direction, not down. I was just, I'm like, just screaming. And I don't scream a ton. And he just comes over. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah he what? is he is the yeah you've ever heard that old song big john you know yeah, yeah that's big him that's yeah. him 100 percent. i mean i never well, i remember when we met him we played the rampage and we're at what a parking lot of arby's in, outside yeah. of des moines somewhere yes and he's got his family with i believe and yeah I'm like how old are you and he was what 51 at the time and something and yeah he was locking our guys up and I'm like, and we've made a comment. I said, if you ever want to play for me and all of a sudden I get the call and I was like, well, and that's pretty cool too. Cause he, uh, last year, um, you know, we made him captain for a lot of games and he goes, I don't know much longer I can play, but if I'm ever going to play, it's going to be for you. So that as a, a coach and an owner, you go, Whoa, we did something right. Right. And then, and to say that he's been around. I mean, he played college. He's played amateur for five thousand years. And <laughs> yeah, I missed him this year, but I know, you know, it's his time. And if he wants yeah. to come back here for sure, but it was kind of cool. Mark Rosha came back and uh, actually uh, watched the line. I think he only missed one game, which was crazy. He made them all, and he'd watch the line. I'm like, watch their splits, watch their angles. So I need to watch the backfield. And, uh, Hildy would help out too my assistant in high school also, and he's knowledgeable. And even though I did all the main stuff to have those guys and ask him, it's just awesome. I think that helped us go to the next level too. And, you know, you're talking about men and stuff, the championship game against the, um, the crew, we figured out that 18 players on the field that day, and it might've been more because I didn't know some of those guys were played college football. Yeah. 18, that's crazy. And it showed, I mean, it showed like, 
they played well, but like, again, I think at one point we broke them. They were getting upset. I think we were only up a touchdown. And then, um, and then Hillishheim uh, took over and that kid's a freak, but yeah. And, then, and Stammer, I don't even know if he caught more than two, three passes in the last two games. And he's good in receiver. You're going to see. So, um, Made a couple good catches. Next thing you know, we're up three touchdowns, and they were they were done yeah. arguing. And then you could just see it. Just and they're pretty well coached too. Uh, uh, but they they were done. And yeah. just a matter of what finish the game, and nobody starts swearing and getting in fights. And, um, but it's kind of crazy. There's so much talent, and of course, there's some teams that don't even probably have a kid that ever played college, and they're still in the league or trying, and they're trying to build their teams. You got to respect that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Such a fun time. So glad it's it's part of my my journey, and it's just it's unreal. But uh, as we get to winding down, because we're already pushing our hour here, TK. Um, I got so who is yeah, I asked Mahoney this as well, and I think it's always fun to know in your eyes at Mountain Lake area who's the best football player you've ever coached. Oh. So I'm probably, and of course, my son obviously had a uh, NFL trial, played D two, started his only year he played, and he's a great player. So I'll put him up there, but I probably have to lean towards Abe Stace, who's now Ooh. still playing college. Yeah, um, I and not, I mean, we just look at what we do the last when he's been gone from high school. He played safety at about ten yards back. And he'd make plays at the line of scrimmage on tosses and leads. Um, and, of course, we don't have that anymore. And then, of course, offensively, he's just a game changer. Like, if we were we were really good that year. We won the state. And even when he was a junior, the state runner-up. But he had some guys to go with him. But every time we needed something, uh, I usually had him run the ball. Right. And he's, he's one of those kids. Honestly, we were talking about that also just a couple of days ago about He's the type of dude if they would somehow find him to play a little slot down in uh, Dort. And I know he's uh, a playmaker. He's like, a, you know, that slot that you've seen, those Edelmans and some of those guys. And uh, yeah, he was pretty special. And he knew where the weight room was. He was bought in. Um, he was quiet. But if you put me on a on the spot, I've had a handful. And we've had some nice kids. But I'd have to say, I'll say my son maybe, but Abe Stace. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, I remember, you know, when we would do our game day, you know, good luck tonight, text. When the Abe was playing for you, every Friday morning, at least, I would text Jordan. I, I would always just say, happy Abe day. And it would just be, you know, fun to see what he would do. But uh, also, I remember, and I'll have to see if I can find the email and, and send it to you, but I remember texting it. Um so when I was still the head coach at, at Grenada Truman, they uh, Dort, you know, obviously trying to recruit all the area kids. Um, they had sent an email out, and I'm sure it was just a mass email. You know, it's like, hey, you know, uh, let us know, you know, who your guys are this year. You know, recruitable guys that can play at our level, and then you know, we're lo- really looking for some quarterbacks um, we're going to be thin here in a couple of years. So if you could, it said something about like, you know, who maybe if the quarterback's not in your team, but the best quarterback you've, you've played against. La, da, da, da. And I emailed back and I think it was the Dort DC or something. I was like, uh, also I said, here's my guys. Uh, also you have the best quarterback in probably nine Minnesota nine man football history on your team right now. So I said, there's my guy. And they're like, yeah, we like a, but he could do. And I don't know, you know, realistically, Abe is probably not a college quarterback. Let's, let's be honest. Right. But the athletic ability and the things he was able to do. I mean, those two, I mean, what freaks, I mean, you got franchise and Abe and those you, you rolled right in, you know, both those guys and they were so good. I mean, it just, it's just unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. We've been blessed. I had nine years in a row of Carter, Kirk, Levi Stace and Abe Stace. And that's why that'll help build your program too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. You get a, you get a, almost a full decade of three 
you know, and they were, I mean, I remember, I mean, I remember Levi and then obviously he came and played some hogs and, and he was well built, but I remember hosting you guys at the scrimmage Abe senior year and I saw him show up and he was just massive, dude. I was like, Oh my gosh. And he, I mean, he just looked, he was a man. He was a man among boys and it showed. And that's why you eventually went on to win the state title. I mean, I mean, right. I think it's pretty easy to say you don't have Abe Stacey. You're not winning the state title. Sorry to everybody else on the team, but let's be real. And luckily we had a good supporting cast, but he was, uh, he was pretty nice. He was pretty nice. He was. The fact that he, uh, he went with his morals and went to a Christian school to get his engineering degree because D2 teams were, were at one point, especially after the, he hadn't quite signed yet with Dort. D2 schools were like, can we come down? Can we come down? I'm like, well, here's his number. I'm staying out of it. I know he wants the Christian atmosphere and um, not all schools offer engineering or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not so sure he's not a little D1 type player. It's hard to tell, but I go D2. Well, then he goes down there, and I think he got an all-conference last year. And I watch, I try to watch him. I got to go down and watch him live, but just watch him live stream some of the things he does. And then when he comes up hard on run fill, I'm like, man, we missed yeah. that. Missed yeah. that. He's and a stud. You, and when you get that in high school, and you've had a few real nice players, uh, when they leave, you appreciate them even 10 times more. Yeah. You know? Because I watch tape from previous years and I see Abe do some things on defense, let alone offense. He just tore it up. I mean, it's crazy. One game, can't remember who it was. I think it was Hills, and they were solid. Uh, and they were still young that year, but he came up and they did a toss. And Olsen, I think they had a two yard loss, and it was Abe Stace at three or our cover two safety, came up and hit the kid for a loss. Insane. I mean, <laughs> Good job, Deanne, for stringing it out. But it, what? How do you do that? Yeah, he just a missile. It was a missile. Uh, who's the best amateur guy? Best amateur player. Oof, duh. I mean, I got mine, but um, I honestly just be, and I have some great, but I still he's made an impression on me is Tate. Yeah. Uh, just because I, when I first started seeing him, there's this not chubby, but short little stocky guy. Um, and he went both ways and he'd run the ball and he'd get four yards. I'm like, well, he doesn't have any speed. All of a sudden he'd break away and truck somebody and house it. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's not bad. Then go play at linebacker and they never come off the field. And right. But I've had some, a lot of great players. I might go with some of the Lakers, but just the impression he left on me. And probably because we went down to Iowa that one time when it was hot. Mm-hmm. We had like 14 guys or 13 guys. Yeah, we had nobody down in Mason City. I think it was. And then he had a concussion, I'm sure. Yeah. And I hit his helmet. And then we both, a few of us, like, put his helmet behind. Don't let him see it. And he came over and said, <laughs> pretty much, where's my fucking helmet? Yeah. And uh, uh, It's right there. Yeah. Put it back on. We ended up winning that game. And they were decent. And we had almost all guys going both ways. I think one of the Wood boys played tight end that game or something. Yeah, we had Brian Wood caught the game winner. Yes. <laughs> and it was just so – he wasn't maybe the most athletic, but, boy, football player, IQ, because he'd come and tell me or you and just tell us stuff, and you'd be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But right now I tell we've got, like, Stammer and Dylan Hillsheim. Um, those two guys are freaks. You throw the ball up, and it's close, they're probably going to catch it. And when you can extend the field like that, but um, we got a lot of great players. Who's yours? Uh, yeah, Tate's up there for sure. Obviously, I got to play with a lot of really good dudes at the beginning of the Hogs. Like you talked about 19 guys playing college football. On the, I mean, we were probably that on the Hogs, had that many dudes. Um, it was it was some wild times. I think being able to to have a John Wolf for a little bit was pretty cool. Right. Um, he was just a stud, again, building the team. But yeah, I, I was, I mean, overall player, dude, Tate. Dakota Gilbertson, I mean, those guys embody what amateur football is all about, right? Like, those guys didn't play college football, and people were like, where did they play college football? And then you're like, no, they didn't, you know? Right. And that just goes to show not everybody gets gets an opportunity, which which sucks. It's tough, but it's uh, 
Yeah, those, I mean, they were, there's just so many guys where we could just, you know, count on, you know, I, right. I think, I mean, realistically, Jordan's got to be up there for me too. talk about a guy that always was right. going both ways. I mean, it just, yeah, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of really good football players, which has always been fun. They weren't just athletes. Those guys were football players and it showed. Yeah, there's a lot. No, yeah, said Wolf in them, and I know he's probably one of the best athletes. But I was kind of also thinking, you know, guys that came to almost every game, right? You know, that kind of puts those guys like we picked the All Star team now for SPFL last couple of years. There's a lot of good players that aren't on it. I just picked the guys that show up most of the time, paid their fees. That's always right. good in amateur your fees, and then you know we have a few criteria. And uh, but Tate always left that impression. I remember asking. Uh, um, he played for Martin County West. He did. Okay. So also one day I was talking to Carl Wassman, um, who was helping with me in football years ago. And he used to be head coach at St. James. Yep. And they played Martin County West. And I was just bringing up randomly this Tate Anderson and Carl goes, I know who he is. And I'm like, well, how do you know? I coached against him. And Carl's like, yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he never went and played college. And I was like, wow. Anyway, his, his brother was good too. Caleb. Um, yeah, you would have never seen Caleb, but Caleb was really good too. He played running back for us on the hogs. And then Tate was playing fullback. Caleb played at Ridgewater. Um, and they, yeah, they were special athletes, but they had moved. Uh, they're not originally from here. I think they're from the Pacific Northwest. And then they lived in Virginia for a while. And then somehow they ended up in Trimont. And huh. I mean, I remember, Tate and Caleb, when I was in high school, we had a Bethel Free Church in Fairmont. They had a basketball court above their church. It was like, I mean, it wasn't full length. And one of the slides, like three point lines was all messed up, but you could shoot at half court and it was a four point shot. Right. So you had Bethel ball and that was a thing. And it was a big league and you would play every Thursday night and the, the Trimont they had a team and they'd come over. That's when I got to know those guys. And then obviously playing with them on the hogs with very special athletes and top tier people too. Like right. just extremely right. good humans. Like Tate asking where the fuck's my helmet. Probably the only time you ever heard him cuss because somebody was taking football away from him for a minute. I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Good memories. Great memories. Well, TK, I appreciate you doing this with me. It means a ton. Um, we're going to have to do another one because you just get talking about memories and I'd love yep. to maybe do a, a, a three-way call with you and Jordo sometime and, and bring back all our, our, our hogs Lakers memories and just share some laughs, but I appreciate you so much, man. Um, not to get sentimental and soft, but, I don't think you know how much you mean to me and not uh, not where I'm at without some TK guidance. So I appreciate you, man. Love you, brother. Thanks for having me. And I'll be on here anytime you want. Good luck, Ben. I appreciate you too. And love you too, man. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Please uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, all that fun stuff. Be good, everybody.